It's creating the context. So do we create sort of a playful, giggly, fun, lighthearted context? Or do we go for more of like a steamy, intense type of vibe? And maybe that's something that needs to be negotiated. Welcome to Wild and Sublime, a sexy spin on infotainment, no matter your preferences, orientation, or relationship style. Based on the popular live Chicago show, I chat about sex and relationships with citizens from the world of sex positivity. You'll hear meaningful conversations, dialogues that go deeper, and information that can help you become more free in your sexual expression. I'm sex educator and intimacy coach, Karen Yates. On this bonus episode, panelists discuss a listener question about incompatibilities with humor in bed. Keep listening. Hey, folks. In a couple of days, we return with another live show in Chicago, Saturday, April 16th, to be exact. I hope you have your tickets. It promises to be truly both wild and sublime. We've got some tantra, some storytelling, and makes things happen, recurring guest. We'll be there demoing how to tie someone up, and I will be the rope bottom, as it were. Hijinks will ensue, no doubt. You can go to wildandsublime.com to purchase tickets and learn more. So today you'll be hearing from one of our Patreon subscribers who responded to our monthly Q&A on the subject of humor in bed and what happens if your partner isn't in on the jokes like you. A brief but interesting examination by myself, sex therapist Heather Shannon, individual and couples therapist at Best Therapies Clark Hazel, and somatic sex educator Cassie Porter. Enjoy. Really good question tonight. All right. Hello, panel. I'm enjoying the relationship with a person I've been dating for about three or four months. While everything is pretty good, the one thing that is kind of a disconnect is our attitudes towards sex. I usually find it a pretty fun activity with lots of laughs, but they are dead serious all the time when we are in bed together. Initially, I thought it was probably nerves because they're always sort of tense and I didn't say anything. But now I'm wondering if this is their ongoing attitude and I'm kind of concerned. One time I was laughing and they thought I was laughing at them. And then I had to explain I was laughing because I was enjoying myself and the explanation, etc. brought the mood down. My question is, how do I bring up the subject in general? And is there anything to be done about it? Can people's basic attitude towards sex even change? Can you give me suggestions for what to do? Signed, joking, not joking. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) So who is feeling called to jump in first? I have some feelings. Okay, Heather. Yeah, I'm, I'm clearly like the giggly person. So I totally relate to this person. And I can see how that moment would kind of kill the mood a little bit. But I definitely would bring it up. I think even them writing this question. It seems like they're ready to bring it up. I know it's tougher when it's a little bit of a newer relationship, but like, oh, I guess what I'm thinking is, it's just like rip the bandaid off, have the conversation and get a sense. Like, is this person just warming up to you? Do they want things to be a different way? And that would allow them to relax. Like at this point, we don't know. And I think where we get into trouble is when we speculate and assume instead of having the conversation. So I would Mm. say start there and see what happens. And then I guess the second part of their question, like, can someone's basic attitude change? It's a good question. I guess I feel like everything is context 
specific. And so I think it's creating the context. So do we create sort of a playful, giggly, fun, lighthearted context? Or do we go for more of like a steamy, intense type of vibe? And maybe that's something that needs to be negotiated. Mm, so I, mm. I wouldn't assume that it's like set in stone. I think mm. it can vary. Okay. I just want to say that what this person is tuning into as an attitude might not be an attitude. And my first thought was like, maybe their partner has some internalized shame. We get taught, you know, growing up, like when you masturbate, like do it in a certain way and follow a script. And so for this person, it's like maybe the way that they are having sex is a script that they haven't learned to expand beyond. And so what I feel like is important is maybe just inviting this partner into playfulness because sex should be playful. It should be fun. Sex is funny at times. And, you know, my sense is maybe this partner is maybe holding some rigidity around sex and what sex should look like. So my sort of advice would be to, yeah, invite into a sense of playfulness of like, hey, how about we, what do you think about a role play? Or do you want to make breakfast naked? You know, just bringing some <laughs> some lightheartedness into, into sex and see if that person can kind of like start to relax and, and settle into the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. Clark, what are your thoughts? I totally agree. Having fun and experiencing and learning about another partner's likes, dislikes in bed, like that is all part of the fun of dating new people and getting to know one another and feeling a little bit lighthearted as other folks have said, like it can be funny and we can giggle and be like, oh, that doesn't go there. Let's adjust and like, (laughs) you know, make make light of it. Right. You know, it's a lot easier instead of someone, you know, kind of coming to the response of, you know, kind of quiet and you're like, oops, well, there's a disconnect. I'm kind of falling out of the mood here. And maybe even bring up that conversation is, you know, having a couple's check-in. You know, I will always encourage folks to check in before having sex of like, what are you feeling tonight? Like, what's the mood that we're going for? You know, I get into that open mood of like, you get a couple's check-in, you get a couple's check-in to all my clients. And I 100% believe checking in and establishing, you know, what you're going for. What's the mood? Yeah, I love this idea of a mood check-in because I think sometimes, you know, especially when we're talking about building out the conversation prior to an encounter or a scene or whatever, there is this sense like, oh, it has to be really, really built out. And it's like, no, it's just like, what's your mood? What's the mood? (laughs) I was also thinking, like, what's the attitude when you're in a situation that's intimate, that's not sexual, like you're cuddling in bed Mm. or on the couch? To get to Cassie's point, is there a different way the partner acts? Are they a little more lighthearted? But then suddenly when it's like, sucks, it becomes like, oh, <laughs> you know, it becomes really. And I think that's a good way. Just not that you have to play detective because it's a lot easier just to open your mouth and ask questions. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, if you've noticed in the past that it's really the minute you start engaging the sexual things that that's when it happens. That could be a a way to, to get a sense. And yeah, the second part, this idea of one time I was laughing and they thought I was laughing at them. And then mm. I had to explain it. That to me really speaks of someone who's kind of insecure. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that as well. And that maybe some sort of like performance anxiety, if you're giggling at me, like that I'm doing something wrong or I'm not quite showing up in the way I should. Yeah. 
I hate to go immediately to trauma, but it does sound, because I will always go immediately. My default is, this is trauma. (laughs) (laughs) So there might be some some stuff there, you know? Mm -hmm. And to be aware that for you, the writer of this question, sex is easy and fun and lighthearted a lot of times, but that's not the way it is for everyone. Yeah. I'm interested in this question. Can people's basic attitude towards sex change? Yes. I don't think any of us would have a job if it couldn't. (laughs) What do you see? I'm, I'm interested in what you see happening to people who start unfolding or start emerging. What happens? What can be the arc or the journey from tension to relaxation? I say it's connecting with authentic pleasure and disconnecting to what pleasure should look like or these ideas around, oh, this is what I should do to get pleasure. This is what sex is supposed to look like to connecting in with what does my body really love? Like, what do I want to move toward? And then allowing themselves to voice and to ask for what they want to move toward and create that so that they can have this kind of juicy loop of satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. I want a juicy loop of satisfaction. <laughs> you know, after I said it, I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, juicy loop of satisfaction. <laughs> so good, write that down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going backwards a little bit, one thought I had too is like, some people might just have a preferred sexual style that is more like serious intense. And they might think sort of like the the giggly playful thing is like not hot because it's like goofy or childlike or something like that. So I think that's a possibility as well. I think we have a pretty like pro giggles panels tonight. <laughs> so I think I just wanted to like represent a little bit of like, that might just be a preference. They might just be like, okay, like giggling is fun. It's just not sexy, you know? So like some people just have that perspective. Sure. Um, sure. I can totally see also people needing to warm up and like getting to know your partner and and having even given that permission of like having that check-in of like, what am I, you know, what are my expectations around sex or values or, you know, judgments I have for myself and having that, okay, I'm saying this, my partner's validating and just witnessing that, that people are on their journey and it might take a while to get comfortable with a person and figuring what they like and don't like or don't want to be touched in a certain way. And then just, you know, yeah, as you said, like going on their journey and maybe unfolding and feeling more comfortable and confident. And at that point, they might be able to open up and have those giggles when things go awry or are feeling good or they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, because this person has been seeing their partner for three or four months. We have no clue how often. True. If it's only once a week, if it's, it might be every couple of weeks, that's not a lot of time to, if, if you are tense, to begin trusting a new partner. Yeah. Some people take years and years and and some people, yeah, might take over 20 years or never. Right. Okay. So this is the next question. And I hate to play the heavy here, but if this doesn't change, is this a deal breaker? Mm. I think it's up to the presenter of the question of like, how important is it that that there's lightness and silliness and sex and just weighing that out of like, is it rewarding enough, the relationship rewarding enough, the sex satisfying enough? Yeah. 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 I guess I want to say that like, if it was a deal breaker, that's okay and valid. Like sometimes I think, especially when it comes to sex, people are like, but the relationship is so good. And almost like people think they're being superficial if they break up with someone for a sexual reason. And so I kind of just want to say like, if you're really not feeling compatible and like the lighthearted giggles is important to you, and that's just like not the page that this partner is on, then like, 
that's okay if that's a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said, I would definitely ask for what you need and maybe even do the noticing, get curious about your partner's past experiences and what they're hoping for. What kind of experience do you all want to create? And if you're still trying things out and having that communication, sending those hopes for intimacy and it's still not there and it's not clicking, then yeah, give it another thing and be like, this might be mean that we're not getting a connection and move right. on to another person. Yeah. For more information on Cassie, Clark, and Heather, go to our show notes. If you want to be able to partake in these Q&As and support Wild and Sublime with a small monthly donation, check us out on Patreon. Members get discounts, bonus material, and the chance to join live conversations on a variety of sexual topics. Go to patreon.com forward slash wild and sublime or the show notes. Wild and Sublime is supported in part by our Sublime supporter, Full Color Life Therapy. Therapy for all of you at fullcolorlifetherapy.com. Well, that's it, folks. Have a very pleasurable week. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who might be interested in this episode, send it to them. Do you like what you heard? Then give us a nice review on your podcast app. You can follow us on social media at Wild and Sublime and sign up for newsletters at wildandsublime.com. I'd like to thank associate producer Julia Williams and design guru Jean-Francois Gervais. Theme music by David Ben Porat. This episode was edited by the Creative Imposter Studios. Our media sponsor is Rebellious Magazine, Feminist Media at rebelliousmagazine.com. Ooh.